You're listening to the Is This Odd Dr. Todd program from Los Angeles Magazine Studios, the show where you can get all your medical questions answered without an office visit. Please welcome comedy writer Dimitri Pappas and family medicine physician Dr. Todd Spector. Hello and welcome to Is This Odd Dr. Todd. I am Dimitri and I'm here. The doctor is in. Dr. Todd, how are you? I'm very well, Dimitri. Nice to see you again. Yes, you too. Listen, I'm going to just give a quick little backstory here. Um, we were getting ready to, a little behind the scenes, we are getting ready to come on here to do the podcast, and we were getting things right, and Dr. Todd kept asking about his light. You know, is the light, does this look good? Is the light good? And all I could think of was, does this happen, like, if he's in surgery or something like that? It's like, how's the light? Is it So then one of the producers says, you know, Dr. Todd, why don't you take a picture of the setup, and this way, you know, he goes, sorry, why don't you take a picture this way? Since we're so many episodes in, this way you can remember for next time. And he says, oh, you mean like a picture of my phone? And then I, I just wanted to clarify, Dr. Todd, you weren't going to take a picture of yourself, were you? I was going to take a picture of my light and send it to the producer. Okay, because that's why I jumped in, because it sounded like you were going to take a picture of yourself. And I was like, no, take, this, take a picture of the setup, Doc. So all this to say that, um, you know, medically, he's a genius. Outside, the jury's still out. Well, I am pretty handy. I do like to fix things other than people. But well, that makes sense. The light is a mystery to me. I can never figure out why you look so good and so evenly lit. And I'm kind of like two-faced, you know, like I've got half my face is light and half my face is dark. And I think maybe I need two lights. I'm just going to stay quiet here in case you want to keep rolling compliments in my direction. That was very nice. Um, I, it makes sense that you're handy, that you can fix things because that's what you do, right? What's the difference between like a broken chair on a, a leg on a chair and a, and a broken leg on a person? Well, there's differences, but you know. I'm particularly good when there's instructions on how to fix that thing. <laughs> Lots of people are afraid of reading, you know, those big instruction books. I, I really like them. Dr. Ikea. Uh, <laughs> I did. I used you, to have, I used to set up a lot of Ikea furniture. I bet if there was a surgery that could be done with an Allen wrench, you'd be the guy. <laughs> exactly. All right. I'm kidding. You're fantastic. And we, we love you for, for all your knowledge. And, and that's why people keep tuning in. I've gotten lots of compliments about you recently. I'm Thank not going to tell you because we're already having trouble lighting the size of your head as it is. <laughs> well, I have to say, I will say one thing. I have really enjoyed the breadth of the questions. And, um, it's, it's very fun to, for me to, to think about these things. And, uh, I've listened back to a couple of episodes and I'm like, well, I, I still agree with that. So I'm, I'm consistent. <laughs> I would say the same thing to almost all the questions we've been asked. Maybe a few little that things is, here and there I tweak, but in general, I agree with myself. That is very good news because <laughs> the question is, is this odd, Dr. Todd? But yes, it should be odd. So I'm glad that the, that the questions kind of run everywhere and make you think. Yes. Uh, with that said, shall we get right into it? Please. All right. Question number one. Dear Dr. Todd, my doctor tells me to take certain vitamins, but I eat a very healthy diet and I don't like taking extra pills. I feel like I should be getting all my nutrients from food. Why does it seem like things have changed over the years? And what are your thoughts on vitamins? Thanks, Dina. Okay. Well, that that's a good question. I'm, <clears throat> again... You know, this is an age-dependent answer. So for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to assume that Dina is, let's just say, a 45, 50-year-old woman. I think that would be a reasonable assumption here. 
And maybe she's a little younger, but for the sake of this conversation, I, th- I think right. it's all about the same. So don't play fantasy now. Just pick a, <laughs> pick an age and go. Well, maybe she's maybe she's a tennis player. I mean, who, let's not do that. Let's just okay. Forty five. Go. Okay, forty five. So the the short answer to her question is yes. You should be able to get all of the nutrients you need from the diet that you eat. That's the that's the takeaway. The Vitamin and supplement industry is a massive industry in the United States, and it has been for a long time. And they have a lot of shelf space in pharmacies and supermarkets online, and they have very good marketing describing the benefits of their products. The truth is, is that I honestly, I take a couple of prescription medications, really only one prescription medication. But I don't take any vitamins myself. Now, some people might see that as blasphemy, but I eat a healthy diet that I consider balanced. And when I look at my lab work with my doctor, there's not really any reason to supplement any with any nutrients. Now, in you know certain cases, for instance, we give women prenatal vitamins that have iron supplementation and folic acid. Those things help to, you know, help women when they're pregnant to build up blood and to prevent neural tube defects in the fetus. When people are older, sometimes we'll give them calcium and vitamin D to prevent osteoporosis. Sometimes people may not have enough B12, vitamin B12 in their diet. And so we might supplement that if we notice that B12 is low in certain people with certain neurologic conditions. But in general, for, for a healthy person who doesn't have any nutritional deficits. They're just a healthy person without any chronic medical diseases. They probably don't need to take vitamins. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that that's just a standard thing that the, that the doctor says, or I might bring up this also. This Dina is saying, um, I'm a healthy, I eat a very healthy diet, right? But Dina's healthy diet, right, might be different you know, listen, we're in Los Angeles. I know people that eat sushi all the time and say that they eat healthy, right? And probably too much of that isn't good, especially depending on what you get. So Dina's version of a healthy diet may be, oh, I feel slim. I feel whatever it may be, right? Hmm. But not necessarily hitting all the 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 posts of what she needs vitamin-wise, right? Well, again, if she has an adequate blood count, her organs seem to be functioning fine, her kidneys and her liver and her thyroid, and she feels well, um, probably does not need a vitamin supplement. Now, there are natural medicine doctors and complementary medicine doctors or people even who practice Eastern medicine like acupuncture, and they use many more herbs, et cetera, than I do in my practice. Who is to say that they're wrong and I'm right, but typically... For a normal, healthy person who's eating a diet that's balanced, it has an adequate amount of grains and fruits and vegetables and meats or proteins, I should say, not necessarily meats. Um, they typically do not need vitamin supplementation. A lot of people like it. They think they feel better. Um, but, but typically you don't need to take an additional vitamin beyond a, a, a healthy diet. Now, if you're not eating a healthy diet and you're only eating sushi and you're not having any fruits and vegetables, there are certain things that we, we might want to replace. Um, through nutritional supplements, but. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the other thing that, that real quick, before we go on to the next question, what stood out to me also was, um, why does it seem like things have changed? And at first I was like, things have changed. People are really pushing more vitamins now. 
And maybe that's to what you said about being such a big business. But then I went back and I remember when I was little, I was taking a, a Flintstone chewable. So it's not like there weren't vitamins, you know, being maybe well, more adults, right? And I'm not sure that those Flintstone vitamins did anything for you. Thank you. Well, the compliments are certainly gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I and I don't know. I, I you know the pediatricians. I don't think they typically recommend uh, a, a vitamin. You know, of course, they want fluoride in the water, but I don't know if the pediatricians typically recommend a daily vitamin for kids. But I, but but you know, certainly there are parents who do it, and you know, there are things like you know, people will take. Um, things for like arthritis or inflammation, uh, maybe hair growth, nail strength. But I, I just don't know if those are you need to take those things or you could if you want to. I don't think you need to. Okay. All right. Well, Dina, I think uh, you got uh, some some good information there to to kind of go off of. And and you know, like we said, we base that on a certain <laughs> yes, but I think it's you can probably get your information uh, regardless. So this this isn't these questions aren't just for one person; they're for everybody. Yeah. So I think that, that's it's a good unpopular way to and it's unpopular in general when I tell people that because there people do really like to take vitamins and supplements and yeah. um, but. You know, like if you're a bodybuilder and you want to take a creatinine supplement to help build muscle, that's one thing. But, you know, do you need it? No. If you want to take it, you can't. Take a what? Like a muscle building supplement, like creatinine, like a protein powder type of stuff. Is that is that the correct? Is it creatin? I've heard creatine. Creatine, I think is how they pronounce it in that. Uh, oh. Yeah, creatinine yeah. Is, a, uh, is, is actually a marker of a kidney function. But anyways, that's another story. Oh, okay. Another story. Okay. Creatine, I just wanted to make sure that I didn't look like an idiot walking no, around the gym using the wrong term. You I know, because clearly I go to the gym. <laughs> Next question. Yeah. Dr. Todd, can certain exercises lead to better sex? Thanks. No name, but I think this is safe to say this is a question everyone wants to know. Everyone's asking. Yeah. Well, um, I think in general, when people are exercising, and not to exhaustion, but just exercising daily, whether it's walking or running or lifting weights, they typically feel better and are a little bit more energized to have sex than if they're mm -hmm. just sort of sitting around and doing nothing and you know they don't feel very good physically. I think the endorphins that people get from cardiovascular or even weightlifting um, really might energize them to have sex. They, they feel uplifted and excited and um, probably feel a bit more um, interested in having sex. Now, there are exercises called Kegel exercises that both men and women can do. And the Kegel exercises is to, you know, to, to describe it really simply, it's sort of when you clench your butt, like if you were trying not to poop and you're, or you're trying to cl clench your urethra, like you're trying not to pee. And essentially what people will do is they'll, they'll make that contraction and hold it. You know, maybe people could start off and they can do it for two or three seconds. Other people can do it for five or 10 seconds. And then they maybe do five or 10 repetitions of that. And by strengthening those pelvic muscles, it can, for men, it can delay ejaculation. For women, it can lead to decreased, um, uh, urinary, um, incontinence, but it can also lead to improved pelvic function and, and, and more pleasurable sex. So yes, Kegel exercises typically are good for men and women to improve the active intercourse. I think people like that. Um, and I think that they, um, I think that exercise in general makes sex more appealing to people. 
So what I'm getting from you, correct me if I'm wrong, is that diarrhea can actually lead to better sex, right? Because you said when you're clenching your butt, trying not to poop, right? So if you're clenching that, that can actually, that's the exercise that you need for better sex, correct? <laughs> right. Like if you had diarrhea almost all the time and you had to kind of constantly walk around with that clenched bottom, it would in improve some of your pelvic floor musculature and maybe lead to improved sexual satisfaction. I mean, there's a silver lining. And listen, you can't go in the hotel pool, but up in the hotel room, woo, look out. I do love those signs at the hotel pool, like, have you had diarrhea? Yeah, no. It's, have you had diarrhea within the last, like, 14 days or something? Like, <laughs> one bad taco and your vacation is shot. <laughs> but that's a that's a long time period to have to be clean from from diarrhea. I'm not saying that I have it all the time. Don't. Don't get the wrong idea here. But what I'm saying is to not have diarrhea in 14 days. <laughs> it's like a miracle. Yeah. Imagine paying all that money for uh, for a vacation and you get there and you're like, oh, I had a, something in the in the airport and now I can't go in the pool. <laughs> all right. Anyway. All right. Great. So good. Okay. Good news. Um, next question. Dear Dr. Todd. Opinions about the sun are all over the place. Optometrists always wear oh, say, saying optometrists always wear sunglasses. Dermatologists wear sunscreen and reapply all the time. Health nuts, sunscreen blocks your pores and it isn't good for you. Doctors, vitamin D is essential. What's the real story? Thanks, Pete. So that was that was sorry if I didn't make that clear. That was um they were saying the line. It was in quotes. They were saying the lines that these different doctors and people say. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of those things are actually true. Um, I think that the, the sun certainly can be damaging to your skin. And for a lot of people who, you know, were early on in my practice in the late 90s, and I was seeing a lot of World War II veterans who were in the South Pacific and really didn't have any sunscreen available, these guys were just covered in skin cancers. Um, that from having, you know, recurrent sunburns, lots of sun exposure over time. Um, <clears throat> so in general, I tell people you need to try and avoid sunburns and whether that's being out in the sun at times of day where you're less likely to get sunburned, maybe before 10 a.m. or after 3 p.m. Those are the sun's a little bit lower in the sky during those times as opposed to like between 10 and 3 when it's higher and brighter, you're more likely to get sunburn. So I think that people, I do actually think that um, sun exposure in general is really good for people. I think it makes them feel really good. I think that it does it is a natural source of vitamin D. But of course, when people overdo it and they're burning their skin, that can be dangerous. Sunscreens are typically very safe for people. Um, obviously there are, um, you know, I think like zinc oxide is something that we used as kids on our nose and our lips and our ears. And I actually think that's a great occlusive sunblock that's natural. Um, I don't think there's any, I know that there's a lot of danger in sunblocks to some of the coral reefs and fish that we wear in the ocean. So I think there are some more environmentally friendly sunblocks, but typically I don't think of sunblocks as dangerous. What was the other thing he said? Sunblocks. Um, oh, he said sunblocks. He said, you know, wear sunscreen all the time, sunglasses. And he said vitamin D is essential. Yeah. And I think, sun, and I, I think, you know, the, our, our eyes are very sensitive to the sun 
And I think if we're outside, you know, for instance, lifeguards, you know, can get solar damage and what, you know, some of these pterygium, which are growths on the medial aspect of the eyelid that can protrude over the cornea that can come from chronic sun exposure. So I don't think that wearing sunglasses is a bad idea if you're in sun exposure all the time. Um, and then I, you know, we, people like there are in, in the complementary natural medicine worlds, People like to see these higher vitamin D levels, but when you speak to an endocrinologist who's a doctor who specializes in hormones and oftentimes bone growth, you know, they're, they're, they're much more comfortable with lower vitamin D levels. So I don't really think that vitamin D necessarily needs to be supplemented in most people. But now, you know, we primarily work indoors as opposed to outdoors. And so people have less sun exposure. So we're seeing some lower vitamin D levels, especially during the winter. So typically if someone wants to supplement vitamin D, I'm okay with it as long as they're not taking mm. too much. Okay. I'm glad you cleared up the sunglasses thing because my optometrist once said, uh, make sure you wear sunglasses all the time, whenever you're outside. But this is also, as I said, a couple episodes ago, the person that smells like chicken Parmesan. So I didn't know what to trust. Um, yeah. The other thing is I have, um, I have like a little mark here on my head, you know, and I've had it checked by a doctor, right? Yeah. You can't yeah. see it here, but okay. I had to check by a doctor, but I was at the, I was out one day at the park with my kids and a woman who I don't know walks up, literally just walks up to me and puts her finger on it and goes, have you gotten that checked? And I was like, okay, slow your roll. <laughs> Number one, I don't like to be touched, especially by strangers. Like, like. If I'm not gonna, if I'm gonna not be touched, I'll go home and not be touched. Right. I don't like to be touched. And she, this stranger, just walked up and put her finger on my, and I was like, "Settle down." Like I've gotten a check, so I understand she may have had some things in her life or, or with family members or whatever. And it was nice of her to be looking out for people. Yeah. All I'm saying is, you know, maybe a different approach. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think as you know, we as doctors get asked that all the time. Like someone's got something, and there's lots of different skin type of lesions from sun exposure. Most of them are nothing dangerous. Sometimes there are things that are can be more dangerous, in particular melanoma, which is the ones that are look kind of like these irregular dark freckles. Those are the ones we get concerned about, and we kind of want to spot those uh, as early as possible. And and that that's sort of what I was speaking of. You know, those type of cancers and what's called basal cells and squamous cell cancers as well, we can prevent by limiting sun, sun exposure and recurrent sunburns. Yeah. Well, I mean, but then there's a whole bunch yes. of benign conditions that are nothing that are, you know, people see what is that on your head? It looks different. Well, it is different color, but it's not necessarily dangerous. It's just a natural occurrence yeah. on your skin. You try losing your hair and then I'm <laughs> uh, at least I have something up there now. Um, yeah. But the other thing is you're a doctor. You say you let the patient know, Hey, I'm going to check this out. You put on gloves. You do, you don't just walk up to someone at the park and stick your finger on their head. No, no. Sorry. I, I get, try I not to do that. I try not to do that. Um, I try not to insert myself unless somebody asks. Thank you. And that's what this is. That's what we're doing. A lot of people are asking questions. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm just going to, I got to cool my, my temperature for a minute. Okay. I got myself worked up with that story. All right. Let's move on to the next question. Dr. Todd, my husband's limbs, arms, leg, feet have been quite numb lately while he's sleeping. He wakes up in the middle of the night and his arms are asleep even if he sleeps in different positions. And when he gets up in the morning, it takes a few steps for his feet to wake up. Is that normal? Is there any reason for concern? Thank you, Olivia. <clears throat> that is not normal. Hmm. Um, it's interesting that it just happens when he's asleep. 
which makes me think that this is positional. And, um, you know, if it were just, you know, the, the, the typical story we'll hear from this is someone sleeping and they wake up and one of their arms is asleep or one of their legs is asleep, but the sort of migratory arms and legs, like he right. wakes up one morning, his arms are asleep. He wakes up the next day, his legs are asleep. I don't know if it's one side more than the other. So the things that I think of when I hear this are primarily spinal cord issues. Um, and for instance, let's just say it was on one side, it was his upper arm. Every time he slept, he had pain in his shoulder. We start to think about pinched nerves from discs or s spinal stenosis, which is narrowing of the outlet of the spinal canal where the nerves come out. Mm. But this, to me, all of the extremities, um, you know, without, without more information, it's really hard to say, you know, could this hypothetically be a tumor that in that position is compressing a big portion of the spinal cord that um, is affecting all of the extremities in certain positions and that when the person is upright and maybe there's more space in their spinal column that, that the tumor is not pressing quite as hard. But, you know, for instance, like if someone has quadriplegia or spinal cord injury at the level of the neck, they may not have movement of any of their extremities. If it's a partial injury to the spinal cord, it may affect the right side primarily and a little bit of the left. Um, mm. But usually when it's all of the extremities, it's not something up here in the brain, but it's more something in the level of the spinal cord from the neck down. So I would say, and then, you know, the, you know, this could be something else, like whether it might be, I don't think it's a nutritional deficiency or, um, I, I think this is definitely something that I would want this person to be seen at very least by their primary care doctor and then probably by a neurology specialist. And okay. they probably would need some evaluation, but this is not a typical question that has an easy answer. I would say that it needs to be examined and, and evaluated with some further imaging. Okay. Could it also be um, maybe like fitness could, you know, if you're overweight or if you're like, or is it, you know, like you said, it could be positional. So let's say maybe if they, I couldn't get from, from the, uh, from Olivia's email, she was writing in on behalf of her husband, but if, yeah. if it was like when he's, when he's on his left side, his arm falls asleep when he's on his right side. I, so there's that too, I guess, but. Right. I, I'm just sort of imagining this guy's going to sleep and waking up with numb, numb arms and legs. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't have okay. an explanation for it. It's not one side more than the other. I'm just not sure. Okay, good. Well, well, see, that's why you're the doctor. My my answer, if if I was put on the spot with that, I was going to say, I mean, your whole body sleeping. Why are you like? Why do you wake up and, and assume like your your arms and legs aren't allowed yeah. to sleep a little bit? They just <laughs> they hit snooze a little longer. So I guess, yeah. I this is a, that's a that is one of the more concerning questions I've heard. You know, it's like so yeah. nobody's written in and said I've got crushing chest pain. And every time I walk five feet, it gets Luckily. worse. What should I do? And they've been waiting for us to answer it for a week. You know, that would be very, uh, not a great question for this program. <laughs> this one is something that I think should be seen by a doctor sooner rather than later. Okay. All right. Well, Olivia, it's a good thing. You know, it sounds maybe your husband didn't want to get it checked out. It sounds like you yeah. were proactive. So yeah. thanks for reaching out to us and, and you should probably reach out to, to your, his doctor yeah. uh, with him. Okay. So. Next question. Dear Dr. Todd, why do my boobs look so different from one another? Thanks, Madeline. Mm. The, you want me to well, take this one? The, you know, it's very common, especially at early 
in, in um, puberty for the breast to be different sizes. That's very typical. And some women will have asymmetric breasts. That's not a sign of anything pathologic. It's just normal development of the breast tissue. And typically the left is a little bit bigger than the right um, because of the vascular supply to it. But, you know, it's not ever a sign of something dangerous, but cosmetically people don't like it. And, you know, here in Los Angeles, people get that operated on all the time to create symmetry. And then of course, during pregnancy and breastfeeding, breasts will look different. And, you know, certainly after breastfeeding, women's breasts don't look quite the way they did when they were younger. And that can be uh, very disheartening to people. But <clears throat> most of the time after breastfeeding, the breast appearance will go back to normal, but the asymmetry, it just, it's just a natural occurrence. And it, it's, you know, we humans like symmetry. They like two eyes, the same color, looking in the same direction on the same, you know, different sides of the head. Mm -hmm. They like, you know, the nose midline, the smile midline. And I think that ideally we would have two breasts that looked symmetric in appearance and in size, but that's just for whatever reason, an area in the human body that asymmetry is pretty common. It's, I think you're right. I think what you said about humans, because think about it when someone says, Oh, I have, you know, I have twins, right? Mm -hmm. You automatically think identical twins, right? But they're not. Sometimes they're fraternal. Sometimes they look nothing alike. Sometimes they look similar. So I think people just associate when you have two things that are supposed to be together, right? They just expect them to look identical. So, um, I mean, that's my take on it, but you, you bring up, you bring up probably more of a, a more educated medical background as to why they don't look alike. But I mean, it's, it's, you know. I was like twins. I was thinking you were talking about twins, like breastfeeding or, you know, Oh twins. no, sorry. I mean, no, when someone says like, I have twin children, you autumn, your mind automatically thinks, Oh, there goes to identical. Probably. Right. 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 But it is so but human, but it's interesting. Humans, I always think about like, well, like, you know, we have these dogs that have these different markings on them and, and dogs don't really seem to care about the markings that the other ones have. They don't really notice any symmetry or asymmetry. But I, we always laugh that if our, we had that kind of color markings, like, you know, kind of a half of your face is one color and the other half is another, human beings tend to be like, oh, what's up with that guy? You know, but dogs right. seem to be just fine with it. Um, right. I don't There's know. I wish I could. I wish I, I think the answer to this question, though, is really, what is the, what is the person's name again? Sorry. Uh, the person name was Madeline. Madeline. I think for Madeline, if her breasts are asymmetric and it's bothersome, one, there's nothing to worry about. Two, if she would like to have it fixed cosmetically by a surgeon, that's readily available in most of most places in the United States. But yeah. it, it would just, you know, typically they can either make one bigger or one smaller and then work on the shape a little bit. But it's 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 just a cosmetic issue. It's nothing problematic. Yeah. You said, what well, would you, you know, dogs don't think difference of spots. You know, what well, do human, humans, you know what humans do? They walk up to somebody in the park when they see something on their head that, that, that they don't have and they put their finger on it. Right. <laughs> um, you know, a quick, quick story about, uh, cause I went off on the tangent of, of twins. Um, when my, when my oldest was young, um, I was at a birthday party and we, we saw the, we had these friends that had twins. And I just, just as I just explained, I assumed they were identical twins. And so when we had been, they'd been doing tennis lessons, I, you know, whatever, and we're at this birthday party. And I said, oh, do the girls ever kind of, you know, play games, like mix it up at school or something? They were in like kindergarten or something like that. And and the dad just looked at me like I was nuts. I was like, you know, like the parent trap, you know, something like that. He's <laughs> like, 
they're not identical. And I was like, they're not. And then he like showed me a picture on his phone and I realized I had just been seeing, I had been seeing the same kid over and over and thought it was just like the one would come out of the, and I thought it was both kids that I was seeing. They look nothing alike, not the same height, not the same hair. He must've thought I was nuts, right. which I don't blame him. But right. anyway, uh, okay. Dr. Todd, I got to tell you this, this one, it was nice to see you go from frazzled, like fiddling with your, with your setup there and your life. So you, once it got into doctor mode, you were there and you answered every question as always. Much some, easier. Some great, yeah, but some great, yeah, exactly. Some great intel. And he really gave these people, I think, some answers and, and, and in some cases, uh, some, you know, some advice as to what to look for further. Sure. Just to run it down quickly. Vitamins, not that big a deal to you, right? Uh, uh, sexual positions or exercises for, excuse me, exercises for sex. Best thing you can do is get diarrhea and hold it in. Uh, <laughs> vitamin D, sunglasses. Yes. The sun's good for you. Don't overdo it. Um, and sunscreen is really not that bad. Yeah. Avoid sunburns. Uh, numb limbs. This was the one thing that, that you did say, uh, you should get Olivia for her husband or anybody that's having this. Maybe get that checked out sooner rather than later. And as far as mis mismatched boobs go, it's common. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Dogs don't care. <laughs> Dogs don't care. And that's what you said, right? And you, that's right. You can get it fixed if you want to. Yeah. Um, I want to thank you, Dr. Todd. And I want to thank um, Los Angeles Magazine, as always, for giving us the, the, uh, the platform to do this. Um, I want to thank everybody. Keep sending the questions in. Keep listening. Please subscribe, like, leave a comment, and continue to send questions in because, um, you know, Dr. Todd knows what he's talking about clearly. And, and I think it's, uh, it's, it's good, not just for you, kind of like Olivia wrote in for her husband. It's not always just for you. There's other people that might have these questions or maybe afraid to write in or whatever. So, no. um, keep them coming. Uh, it's another episode of Is This Odd, Dr. Todd. Thank you. Thanks, Dimitri. Thank you for listening to the Is This Odd, Dr. Todd program from Los Angeles Magazine Studios. If you have any medical questions and want to hear from Dr. Todd, be sure to email podcasts at lamag.com.